If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Baseball America podcast. Today we have me, J.J. Cooper, and Ben Badler as we're going to talk about the Olympic roster that was just announced this past week. And also, we're definitely in the middle of uh, trade season as everyone is either in it or kind of looking to sell. So we'll cover a lot of stuff today, but let's start off with the uh, the U.S. Olympic roster was announced. The rest of the uh, Olympic rosters have been are leaking out left and right. So it really, you know, we got the announcement last week, and looking at it, it just, I guess there's no better way to put it. This is not exactly a, a roster, it seems like, that they'll blow you away with prospect talent. But what do you think about it, Ben? Yeah, obviously I think it's difficult during the season to be able to, you know, obviously because it's during the season you can't use the major league players, uh, so those guys are obviously automatically ruled out. And then uh, since it's during the season two, some of the guys who are, you know, key minor leaguers, it's it's tough to get major league approval for them to play, uh, especially for pitching prospects who are just, you know, one pitch away from blowing out their shoulder or their elbow. Uh, that said, they're... You know, there are some impressive guys on the squad. Uh, at the same time, it's, you know, you, you want to have a, a mix of uh, guys who, I, I, I guess the thing is their only concern right now is, is to win right. a gold medal in the Olympics. It's, it's not to put together yeah. the Baseball America top ten, you know, prospects list. Exactly. So, you know, you do have some kind of guys who are, you know, at the higher levels of the minor leagues uh, who are kind of the, you know, better than some of the players who are maybe low in A ball but are better prospects, but... For USA Baseball, the only concern for them is uh, to win an Olympic gold medal. Uh, I still think they're going to have a, quite a bit of, of a challenge ahead of them. Uh, they're they're pretty strong behind the plate with, with Lou Marson and Taylor Teagarden. If Teagarden. Exactly. If Teagarden uh, goes back down, he, he'll be on the team. But he was just promoted to Texas uh, to the Rangers, to the big league club, so he might not be there. Uh, I think having... Uh, but but Lou Marson is is an excellent catching prospect. Might even be the you know the top prospect in that Philly system now with with Cardenas gone. Who knows? But uh, both of them are very strong defensively, and I think that can neutralize some of the running that uh, some of the some of the other teams in the Olympics are going to be trying to do against them. Uh, you know, from a prospect standpoint, I think the you know the A's really uh, got to tip your cap to them, allowing Brett Anderson and, and Trevor Cahill to go over there. You know, it's not easy. You know, it's easy for us to sit here and say, oh, well, you know, some of these, like, David Price isn't there or whoever else, uh, other guys with, you know, USA Baseball experience aren't there, some some of the greater prospects. But, you know, you, you got to tip your cap to a team like the A's for, for letting their prospects go over there and, and allowing them to compete uh, in, in a setting where they don't control exactly, you know, their workload and all that. You know, Brett Anderson and, and Trevor Cahill are, are two of the better pitching prospects in baseball. So I think it should be exciting to to see what they can do at the Olympics. And obviously, it's also fascinating. The guy who jumps out, you know, probably on this roster more than any other, and apparently the guy that they're getting more media requests about than any other, um, just from the the casual media, you know, not casual media, but the media who doesn't live and die amateur baseball and all and draft, you know, three sixty five, you know, like we do, is Steven Strasburg. You know, 
it's very rare hmm. that you would have, you know, basketball, they did this. Basketball used to be they had the dream team, and then they had the, the token amateur that they added to the team, not because he was the best player that they could get, but because, hey, we want to have some tie to how we used to have college players. This isn't adding a player to the roster because we wanted to have an amateur on it. This is that basically when USA Baseball sat down and looked at it, they went, hmm, you know, there aren't – we Strasburg is one of the best pitchers that we can get, so why not take him? And the reality is, is that that's you know probably true as far as pitching prospects in general. He's not eligible yet for the draft, but at the same time, you know, if you were ranking pitching prospects – there wouldn't be a whole lot of guys, you know, beyond once you get past Price and Kershaw, there aren't a whole lot of guys who, if he was eligible, that he wouldn't rank ahead of probably right now. It's it's hard to find, you know, 98, 99 <laughs> out, of, out of anybody. Uh, obviously, Henry Rodriguez isn't eligible for the U.S. team, but, you know, even he has his, uh, a lot of his command issues. Uh, Strasburg seems to have, you know, pretty good command of, of his fastball. So uh, I think he is one of the one of the more interesting guys there. Uh you know, I, I think the outfield, too, with Dexter Fowler, Colby Rasmus, Matt Laporta, I think that's an outstanding outfield. And that is prospect-laden. Yeah. Mean, it, it's hard to think of considering the situation. That's about as prospect-laden an outfield as they could get. I mean, I'm trying to think. There, you know, there are other guys you could argue, but, you know, that basically when we just did our, you know, midseason top 25, those were guys who, you know, who we were talking about. Yeah, I think the obvious omission was Andrew McCutcheon of the Pirates. Right. Uh, that said, when you have three guys there, I think it's hard to add a fourth, knowing a fourth guy who's as talented as McCutcheon, knowing that one of them isn't going to be a, a full-time starter, so that, you know, they might not want to go or the, the team might not want to let him and, go in that case. And also in McCutcheon's case, I can understand completely if the Pirates said, look, guys, we wouldn't recommend you taking McCutcheon because – you know, if the right deal comes along for Xavier Nady, you know, or, you know, take your pick of about, yeah. you know, or whoever, you know, it's something where we can't promise you that we're not going to be promoting him. You know, and so if that's the case and you have your choices of, you know, basically three, you know, pretty elite prospects, mm-hmm. maybe you say, okay, we'll stick with the guys who we can feel more confident are going to be able to actually you know, be on the plane to Beijing with us. Right, and, and you already have two center fielders, two excellent center fielders in Fowler and Rasmus. Kind of want to get a little bit more production maybe with a, a corner bat like like Laporta has right now. Uh, you know, obviously if you put McCutcheon in there, you'd have probably the best defensive outfield of anyone. Uh, and it would still be outstanding, but, you know, I guess you probably do want a little bit more uh, power uh, out of that corner bat, uh, and you can get that with Laporta there. It's also interesting... The infield is where you really see, I mean, the infield and some of the pitching staff, the infield is where you see, you know, USA Baseball decided, hey, let's go with, you know, some more veteran players. And, I mean, when we're talking about, we're talking about Mike Hespin, we're talking about Terry Tiffey, guys who, you know, Brian Barden, we're talking about guys who, Mike Hespin is not a prospect by any, you know, explanation of what we're talking about here. But at the same time, like if you say, well, why did he make it instead of, say, Matt Gamble, who, you know, was on the uh, the Futures game roster. Mike Hespin is the guy who, if it's the ninth inning and there's, you know, two men on and it's two out, and if there's a ground ball a third, you feel very comfortable for going to Mike Hespin. With Gamble, there may be some more questions, you know, because there is a lot more questions with the glove. Hespin's a guy who can play short, you know, in a pinch. He has this year. Outstanding defensive third baseman. Tiffy is a third baseman who will be playing first, but you also get some versatility there. And he's hitting probably about as well as anybody in uh, in baseball this year. There are, you know, 
I guess I mean it's one of those things where you know when when you talk about leavening experience and prospects, that's I guess the infield is really where we saw where almost in some cases it seemed like maybe I don't know if they had the choice or not, but it seems like that they decided, hey, we definitely need to have some veterans on this team and you know serve the Ernie Young role like he did in 2000, which helped the you know lead the U.S. to gold. That might be it. Uh, you know, all that said, I'd still. Still would have liked to have seen Matt Gamble there. Yeah. He's pretty. He's, you do he's, have a DH, yeah. so yeah, that, and that too. So you know, he he's just such a he's just such an excellent hitter right now that I would have liked to have seen him go over there. He's got a patient approach that I think would play well in a lot of these international competitions. And where that's the worry with backwards. Mike Hesman. I mean, Mike Hesman can pick it, but and he's you know hit thirty home runs this year. However, he is a guy who can be carved up at times by good pitching and. We'll we'll see. Yeah, and that's kind of that's exactly my concern with with some of these guys and some of the guys that they had on the on the futures game roster who who they actually did end up cutting. Uh, one guy who does have an excellent approach and just has a great knack for uh, line drive approach and a knack for squaring up balls is Jason Donald, uh, shortstop from the Phillies. He's in Reading right now. Uh, just got to see him at the futures game over the over last weekend and then uh, this past week as well at the Eastern League All Star game. You know, shortstop, kind of limited defensively in terms of his uh, his first step and his range, but uh, he's just a very good hitter. He he can drive the ball. He's not going to drive the ball out of the park that frequently, but you know when he does hit it. Uh, he he tends to square the ball up. He has a good approach. He'll take his walks. So I don't think he's going to get fooled too much by some of the. You know, he doesn't have any international baseball experience, but I don't think he's going to be you know too overwhelmed or, or too fooled because he's he's a pretty polished guy right now. Uh, in, in terms of his skill set, and I, he kind of gives you the versatility of playing shortstop uh, or second base. I think that's something that USA Baseball likes to do. Uh, taking a guy like Brian Bixler last year, and some of the other guys that they had in in November at, in in Taiwan at the World Cup. So, you know, I think that some of those guys can you know play shortstop, second base, whatever they need for them, and uh, it can kind of sort itself out for based on what they need on on that specific day. The one thing, I, I did a blog post about this last week. The one thing that just jumps out, like when you see this roster, I mean, there are some top prospects on it, you know, but I think even, you know, when we've talked to some people kind of around, you know, Olympic baseball and, you know, and all, there's been kind of, you know, some some discussion of, hey, this isn't, you know, a, a roster that, that wows you. It's really bad luck for USA Baseball that if you compare just – you know, we saw this when we were putting together our mid, you know, our mid-season top 25, you know, prospects list and updating the top 100 and all. We've had so much talent go up to the big leagues in the last couple of years that we're kind of at kind of one of those natural cycles where there's a little less talent in the minors. Which, if there's less talent in the minors, it also means it's going to be tougher to put together a, a, a USA baseball roster for the Olympics is going to blow you away because they're. There aren't as many guys. If you get, if David Price is, if they tell you, hey, you know, sorry, you can't take David Price, there aren't three good options that are close, you know, right behind David Price. You go, okay, well, what about this guy and this guy? Or, you know, I'm looking back a couple of years ago, say, you know, if the Olympics was in 06, we talk about how, you know, okay, well, they did, they decided not to take McCutcheon. Back in 06, there would have been like 11 options at outfield. And there aren't, you know, 11 options that are all pretty close together in talent level this year, mm-hmm. it seems like. Yeah, I think this is probably this time of the year right now. It's it's late July or, or what is it? Yeah, I'm losing it is my late mind July, right yeah. now. But uh, it's late Bitch July. Bitchville on the road a lot lately, so understandably days have kind of run together. Yeah, so it, at it's at the point where 
you know, the draft just just happened. So, you know, some of the picks have signed, but a lot of the better picks are going to wait till August 15th or, or or wait till August 15th to either to sign or, or to announce their signings. So they're not quite in the minor leagues yet. And it's just enough time for the guys who are, you know, the most advanced in the minor leagues to have been promoted. So I think this is the kind of the time of the year where there's the fewest uh, or, or the least amount of uh, overall quality prospects in the minor. There's still plenty of, of great guys in the minor leagues uh, who are talented prospects. But I think that this time of year does kind of go with that kind of ebb and flow of things where it's we don't, maybe a little bit lower at this time of year. And and we yeah, good good point because like you know, a couple of years ago, Evan Longoria, you know, had an amazing debut. At this point, it was just the start of his amazing debut. Exactly. So you know, if you're talking about it in September, he had a, had a chance to you know kind of rise up prospect list, you know, a lot more than he had just basically a month after he signed. Mm-hmm. But, well, the other big story kind of going on that we've been interested in here at Baseball America offices last, you know, we, we love trades. We love, you know, we love analyzing trades, and especially we love the fact that here it's not something where the trade is a big leaguer for, you know, the line that says, and for two minor leaguers. Here, you know, we, we want to, we're interested in the minor leaguers, Obviously, the A's have been trading, you know, have been the mo- the busiest team as we get close to the trading deadline. But what, besides Matt Laporta, who I think we'd all kind of have agreed is probably the best prospect who's who's changed hands, who do you like as far as the, the prospects who've, who've traded hands in the last couple of weeks? I guess where to start? Um, I, I think the, the A's made a, a pretty good move signing uh, Adrian, or not signing, acquiring Adrian Cardenas in the trade that sent Joe Blanton to the Phillies. I don't think, I think Cardenas probably could move to third base, but, you know, obviously when you're a middle infield prospect in, in the Philly system and, and Jason Donald is going to face this uh, the same problem, but when you're a middle infielder in the Phillies <laughs> you're, you're system. you kind of blocked. Yeah, you got Jimmy Rollins ahead of you, you got Chase Utley locked up ahead of you, it's kind of a daunting task to uh to look at look ahead of you and, and see what's see what's blocking your way there so i think um in the abstract it's maybe not such a good trade for the phillies but you know knowing what their options are in the middle of the infield um maybe it does help them out uh and if it helps them win a world series obviously i, I think it's worth it but for the a's to acquire a guy a, a middle of the diamond prospect and then they have jamiah weeks as well so they got to figure out what they're going to do there. And they've also, I mean, he's not the same level of prospect, but they also picked up Eric Patterson, mm-hmm. who nominally at least is a, uh, a second baseman as well. So Right, they, they certainly uh, plenty of talent there. You figured not all of them will work out. Uh, we don't know who yet, obviously. And not all of them may uh, end up as second baseman. But... Right, but uh, I think Carnes is a guy with a, a great bat, performing so well right now as a young guy in the Florida State League. It's a, not an easy league to hit in. Uh, so I think you got to remember that and keep in remind keep in uh, keep in mind his age relative to to where he's playing and as well. Keep in mind also, if I remember correctly, he didn't have a full season last year. Had some injuries and all. So I mean, I don't think he got you know a full season at bats last year, and he's still doing it. You know, in, in yeah, kind of the kind of the same this year as well. Uh, so I think that was a, a good trade uh, f- for the A's, and they acquired Outman as well, who was ninety four to ninety six in his uh, one inning stint. With uh, uh, at the at the Eastern League All Star Game as well, um, so I, I think that was a, a nice trade for the A's to, to be able to pick up Cardenas, uh, especially. I, I just did kind of finished writing up the uh, the Brewers Giants the Ray Durham trade uh, a couple minutes before we wandered over here to the podcast nook, 
and that trade is probably, I mean, it's Ray Durham, so you're you're not expecting you're going to get, you know, a whole lot because he's older and, you know, you're not a whole lot of years left there. But not really something, if I was a Giants fan, not exactly a haul where you expect that you're, you know, I, I wouldn't be expecting Darren Ford or Steve Hammond to uh, to help lead the uh, Giants' resurgence in in 2010 or 11. Not a whole lot there. Um Obviously, I mean, there, we're still going to see some, you know, some prospects changing hands over the next couple of weeks. But do you think we'll see a, a, a better prospect than Matt Laporta change hands over the next couple of weeks, or do you think that's probably we've seen about the best prospect who's going to swap this year? I think probably. Uh, I think Laporta ranks he ranks seventh, I believe, on our, our midseason top twenty-five. I, I can't see anyone higher than that going. Uh, I, I still think the A's are probably going to make some more deals, uh, probably trading Houston Street. Uh, as well as possibly uh, some other players as well. Uh, it seems like the White Sox are kind of the lead, or not the lead, but it seems like they have pretty strong interest uh, in street. Uh, unfortunately for them, <laughs> uh, I don't know who they would trade for him. I guess kind of Chris Getz and, and Aaron Pareda are kind of the best tradable. You obviously can't trade Beckham yet, but uh, the best you tradable trade assets. Or Clayton Richard, I think those would be the yeah the best. I the, mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't. I'm not sure. I could see a deal getting done quite there um, for for any of the any of the minor league prospects they have. But you know, the A's have really transformed themselves into you know arguably and and pro- I think in my mind probably the top farm system in baseball right now, uh, which is impressive. But you know, at the same time, if you trade away Nick Swisher, if you trade away you know Joe Bland, if you trade away all the guys they have traded away, you know you should have the best farm system in baseball. That is an interesting question. Like if, I mean, we had the Rays, you know, before the season were were number one, and they haven't promote. They've promoted Evan Longoria, which that's a big, you know, got to lose from your system. You know, are the A's? Yeah, I mean, my one thing, if I was going to have a knock on the A's right now, it would be pitching wise. I mean, it's it's an amazing number of arms they have now, mm-hmm. and as with pitching, quantity is good with pitching because. You know, you see a Fontino de los Santos goes down, but hey, if you have or another Jake McGee for the Rays, yeah, yeah, and you have another five guys, yeah. that's good because, as we saw, you know, with Adam Lowen, you know, we we've gotten very cavalier a lot of times, like, oh, you know, he's having TJ, you know, no big deal, but surgery, surgery, and you're never sure that a guy's, you know, just gonna, you know, bounce back and and be, you know, the same guy he was before. And we're not saying Fontino de los Santos is gonna no. be a hitter, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, you know, but but uh. But it is something where, with the A's, I guess my one question would be, who are the impact bats? You know, who who do you look at in that system and say, you know, I mean, okay, here are the guys who are going to basically fix the lineup holes that they have down the road. That's fair. I think uh, I think Cardenas could be one of those guys. I think uh, Sean Doolittle this year, too, is, is really emerged. He's already, you know, he's in double-A now. Obviously, you know, you always wonder about the Cal League, you know, how much of, a, of an effect that has on guys, but... You know, I think Doolittle's starting to hit well in Double A too. I think he could be one of those guys. Jamile Weeks, uh, another another talented bat. Uh, so I think there there is a lot of talent there. Uh, I think it's, but, but to me, it's between them and and the Rays and, and obviously like the Rays I'm not, too. I'd throw the and I, this may be going a little off. I'd throw the Rangers. That was going to be who else? I was going to say. I was yeah. going to say now by the end of the year, I probably wouldn't throw the Rangers in, depending mm-hmm. on who you know. If at the end of the year, you know, Ramirez and Davis have both used up their, you know, prospect eligibility, that's two 
you know, pretty big bats that they've, you know, they won't be able to count when we're doing our, our off-season talent rankings. But they, I mean, also the number of, you know, they've got a lot of guys in the lower minors who haven't done anything as necessarily as much yet, but the number of power mm-hmm. arms that they have, too, is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's impressive. Obviously, the, the Teixeira deal brought in a lot of the, you know, obviously a lot of, you know, who has a good farm system. Some of it's circumstance, some of it's, uh, some of it's just good quality scouting. Uh, at the amateur level, obviously the Rays have you know top pick after top pick every year, so they're going to have a. It does make it easier. It does make it easier, but they still you know find guys in you know some of the, I don't want to say later rounds because you know second, third, fifth rounds, but you know guys like Jake McGee and Wade Davis weren't you know their top overall picks, uh, and then the Rangers obviously brought in a, a pretty good haul too in the Teixeira deal, uh, but then they they even have guys like Michael Main and. And Blake Bevin, who you know, we don't even talk that about that no, much we, anymore. Right. But but there still are guys first round picks a year ago. Yeah, I mean, there's in no way guys who you should forget about because you know we could be really you know talking two years from now like wow you know look at these power arms that they have there you know in Texas. Yeah, they got a they got a lot of guys there, obviously, and, and Andrus and and T Garden. Uh, you know, there's there's plenty of talent there. I do Angle think it's, who they picked up in the. Uh, in the Eric Gagne deal, which exactly. Then some of the some of the younger Latin guys, uh, like like a Wilmer Font, way down there, but you know already throwing mid to high nineties. Uh, I think there's plenty of talent there for for all three teams. I think you can make a case for uh, for either of the three teams, but if I had to, you know, put my money where my mouth is, I'd, I'd go with the A's right now. Well, that's a, a topic we'll be continuing to discuss for. Uh, well, we never give up. We never stop discussing that at Baseball America, but uh, but we thank you for. For the download, and we will be back next Monday, as usual, with another edition of the Baseball America podcast. Thanks for listening. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.